this is Minda Wilson for Urgent Care. Today I'm very excited to speak to Woody Woodall for Camp for Heroes and Gina Isaldi for Next Steps Service Dogs. Um, I met them at uh, the Western Conservative Conference and found them both fascinating. Uh, welcome to the show. It's great to be with you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So um, I was wondering, Woody, what what sort of started you on this journey of service that you've been on? Well, uh, I was um, I was building the North Carolina Fallen Firefighter Memorial here in North Carolina, and uh, when 9/11 happened, and we kind of suspended our operation and um, started helping the the uh, the firefighters in New York. I was a firefighter here in North Carolina, and uh, I was the uh, official liaison to to North New York. And um, when the war started, we wanted to show the guys love and appreciation for what we were doing. So we started going to Walter Reed and the hospitals and really getting close to the warriors. And um, and, and that's what we did. And we, we anything they needed, we wanted to help them out with and their families. And, you know, it was a little bit uh, out of our wheelhouse because, you know, we're just firefighters. We didn't know exactly what we were doing. We just know knew that we wanted to show them some love and, and, and appreciation. And, and as we, as time went on and we got educated and how we could help them, a lot of things come into play. Uh, you know, what they, a lot of them were complaining about too many drugs and what they were, you know, feeling, how they were feeling and uh, what was going on with their, uh, in their lives. And we started losing a lot to suicide and this, that, and the other and anyway. So, but I have found with, with especially the guys that, that had good working service dogs, uh, they felt more at peace, more at rest. They had a companion and it just, it just gives them more of a completeness. And so we, we started, you know, looking in that area too. So it's amazing what uh, these service dogs do for these warriors. So what you found was that a lot of, uh, a lot of people who had served our country were being given drugs and what they really felt they needed was uh, something more than that, something different than that. And one of the solutions to that you found was service dogs. And and did that lead to the founding of Camp for Heroes? How did that? Well, yeah. Well, a lot of a lot of it was my own personal story. I was in I was in an explosion myself uh, in two thousand four, and. Uh, I got in a pretty dark place in 2006 and was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress in 2007. And I myself was put on a lot of, uh, uh, you know, drugs and stuff. And actually it, it did the negative effect on me where I, it even depressed me more and, and got me. And the therapist that was, uh, that I was with, you know, she was like, um, what is something you really love to do? I said, or, or you're good at. And I said, well, I'm a singer, but at the time I couldn't sing because I was in respiratory rehab for about a year after the explosion. So I said, art, I, I mean, and I'm an artist. I like to draw. So, um, she got me on a path and I drew the actual, uh, memorial that we were building and I did a painting of it. And that painting is in, in firehouses all over North Carolina, uh, the prints of it. And it made it made me that that part of PTSD that makes you feel worthless or you've got nothing to offer people or you've got nothing to give back changed in me and and I realized that a lot of this could be changed by things like art service dogs there's a lot of different things if we find the niche of the guy of of the warrior that 
whatever it is he's good at. So here at the camp, we're offering uh, service dog training, art classes, culinary arts, blacksmithing, welding, a lot of different things, F- trying to find that niche that these warriors can have, even even karate, even uh, in the martial arts, things like that uh, that we can do. But one of the biggest things of all the things we have found is the the companionship and and the, and how it brings the level of of uh, anxiety down with these warriors to have that service dog. And one of the programs we want to do here, and and Gina has been so gracious, and she's great. I mean, she was down here with my dog, and she's going to be working with the serv- him as a service dog also. But I, I could never get him to go in my car. I, I wanted to take him places, never could get him to go in my car. In ten minutes, she had him jumping in the car. Wait, and now when I open the car door, he's already in. I mean, it's amazing what she did in five minutes and I'd have been trying to do for two months. But uh, but it just shows that someone with, with that kind of knowledge and what they do, and, and they're just amazing at Next Step, what, uh, how they, uh, their abilities and, and their knowledge on how to do these service dogs. And to get, and I know what, how my dog, I mean, he's not even a service dog, but I know when I get a little anxious or a little anxiety, it's like he automatically knows it. So he'll climb up in my lap or curl up in my lap. And he's a hundred pounds. So when he, he thinks he's a lap dog, he's just a one-year-old puppy, but he'll climb up my lap and curl up just like he knows I need that comfort. And it's just amazing. So it, uh, to implement something like this is a great thing for, for Camp Heroes. And we're going to do Train the Trainer, where these warriors will be coming, and they'll be teaching warriors how to train the dogs for other warriors. So if they can give back and have that sense of accomplishment inside them that they're doing something great for other warriors, it makes them feel more complete. And it, it takes that worthlessness feeling out of them and makes them feel like they are giving back because that's, that's the key. They want to give. They just don't know what they have. And, and the disease will just eat you alive, making you feel like you can't do anything. So it's up to us to encourage them and show them there is another way. So, Gina, how did you get involved with dogs as a way to help people regain their sense of self? And how did you two get together? Um, I was not in the dog world. I had a very, um, I think it was Faye. Um, I was at a dog park, and I had the um, wonderful experience of meeting uh, Sally Montruccio, who is the founder and CEO, training director of Next Step Search Dogs. And I saw what she was doing with her dog and one of the dogs she had in training at the park. And I had been looking for something in my life um, dog-related. I was thinking about animal behavior school and people. I love working with people. And I wanted to – I didn't know how I was going to tie the two together, but the day I met Sally, I figured that out. And um, I had the wonderful opportunity to go to her training center where she welcomed me and um, – it's been history. I've been there almost every day since. Um, I saw firsthand, um, I've always loved animals, loved dogs, and I saw firsthand with the dogs the difference they were making in the warrior so, life. I'm it's, totally it, it, confused. You know, so next, so service dogs. I mean, what yeah. what what is a service dog? What training do they go to? Okay. How do they mm-hmm. bond with their masters? I mean, it just seems like it's it's... You know, it's more than a pet. So what, Correct. what is... Correct. much more than a pet. And I'm, I'm glad you asked me that question. A service dog does a specific task for its handler, for, for the person it's serving. 
Um, yes, in addition, it gives you love unconditionally and, um, uh, you know, all those good things, basic obedience that a pet dog has. But a service dog does a specific task. It turns on lights. It creates space. It interrupts nightmares. Uh, it, I've trained dogs for seizure response, go get help, um, things of that nature, carry a med bag. So a service dog does a very specific task for the individual they're with, for the handler. And um, that's why it's so critical when you're out in public that we don't interrupt a service dog when they're working because that dog could miss, could miss a very important cue from the a person they're serving, from the warrior, and uh, it could be a life or death. It's a seizure. It could be a life or death. So, so what you're saying is that if somebody, like someone is suffering PTSD, they have met both medical and uh, they have medical issues and the service dog is more than just a pet. It's more than just a companion. It helps, uh, it helps them cope with their medical issues as well. So, um, It is a medical tool. I refer to the the dog, and the dog is. The dog is a medical tool in their toolbox. They still go to their therapy. They still have, you know, many of them, quite a reduction in medication since they've been paired with the dog, but still they have their medication that they take. The dog is not the, um, it doesn't cure them, but it's another tool in their toolbox. Uh, Many of them would never even go, yeah. So the dog takes care of them, but then they have they have the responsibility of taking care of the dog so yeah. it's the it's the symbiotic relationship between the two that actually leads to the psychological benefits for the warrior is that is that am i understanding it that is that's absolutely correct it gives them purpose it gives them a reason to get up in the morning they have to get out the dog has to toilet the dog has to be fed they enjoy taking the dog for a walk they even get to be more comfortable in public because they're excited to show up their partner. So it, the dog, you know, so yes, they, it comes with responsibility, but the responsibility turns their life. And then once they, once they, they see that they can manage these responsibilities and they can do it over an extended period of time, it makes them feel more comfortable, more confident to take on other kinds of responsibilities. Is that right? Absolutely. A lot of, um, a lot of our teams, you know, they go, they have the you know, ability to go back to work, to go to school, to go to their son's football game. These are things that we we'll go to the gym. We take for granted. We can't do that. But with the use of the dog, it gives them that confidence to get back to those things they enjoy. And, and so, uh, so, Captain Woodall, is this something that, is this your experience with the dog as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. We, um, not only my experience, but I've dealt with warriors. I've been doing this for 16 years and I've seen many, many warriors that have service dog. One, one in particular, I think of is Leslie Smith. She lives in King George, Virginia. She's uh, legally blind. She's an amputee. And she has uh, Isaac, her service dog, and um, like when she she uh, is walking, and if someone comes up on her blind side, which is like like on her left, her her left, she don't have any sight at all in her left eye, and very little in her right. Her dog will actually poise around her and stop any traffic coming that way, so it won't interrupt her, or they won't get too close to her because she don't know that they're coming, and also. 
like when she gets ready to stand up because she has prosthetics, he'll uh, she, she'll make some kind of motion and he'll step in front of her and she uses him actually to lift herself up on his on his back. So that's what he's trained to do. And this is the things like like Gene and Next Step do. I mean, whatever that need of that particular warrior is, that's the way they train the dog. And it's amazing. That's why they have to team them up with pair them up with the the right the right person. And it's it's a beautiful, beautiful thing and a great bond. And like Gina said, you know, it gives them also a sense of purpose, the warrior, and a, a sense of purpose where, you know, he's not only giving back, you know, like he'd like to give back to his other battle buddies, but he's having, he has a responsibility to take care of his service animal because his service animal takes care of him. So it, it's a, you know, just a, it's a great, great bond. It works both ways and it gives him that sense of purpose. So how did you two come together? So you, you, uh, you didn't, you, you were introduced through Barbara Beach, our producer. And then, um, how did you two decide that you would work together? I mean, it's unusual for nonprofits to collaborate in this way. Not really. Uh, I, I collaborate with about 12 other, uh, nonprofits. Mm -hmm. The thing about, I think, uh, in the nonprofit world, if you're really out here to help the warriors and that's what you do, you shouldn't, there shouldn't be any competition with anybody. You, you all should be a common goal and that's make a difference in their lives. Mm -hmm. Uh, but with, with us, um, with, uh, Sally and Gina and I, we, they came down to the camp and we, we talked about how we could make this work because, uh, it, it's just ex being able to expand and, and help more people. Uh, when you collaborate with other nonprofits, like if I've got, Something may not be in my wheelhouse, but I've got other nonprofits that may be in their wheelhouse. I'll go to them and help them help the warrior with them. And if it's not in their wheelhouse, they may come to me in, in a specific thing that I can help a warrior with that they can't, and I help. So it's always good to collaborate with uh, other nonprofits. And, and what does your collaboration look like between the two of you? Um, it, it was a natural fit. Um, the core of the Next Step Academy in, um, that will be at Camp for Heroes is teaching our warriors how to puppy train, to give them a job, uh, an opportunity to get a, a job, a career in dog training. And then ultimately, these trainers, if they wish, and they'd like to continue in the program, to train our warriors to be service dog trainers. That, that's the ultimate goal. So, so, but that's, that's a difficult process. I mean, train, it takes a lot of training to teach someone to train, correct? It does. It does. But we're going to um, have uh, someone on staff there that will be holding the training classes. We're, um, our, our goal is to have the public, uh, our civilians, our public coming in with their puppies to be trained by our warriors. I think that's a great concept. They, they, um, um, the, the community gets to engage and, and give back, and our, our, our warriors that are in training to be puppy trainers have an opportunity to work and, and be comfortable out in the public. Uh, so, um, yeah, it, it is going to take some coordination, but um, I know I'll be going down to North Carolina to get our trainers started. And we have um, we have teams that are scattered around the country that are, are anxious to get started with us and, and come and give back to Next Step. So I think it's going to be a win-win and um, it's a perfect fit for uh, Camp for Heroes. But this is different than like, you know, when a, when a family gets a new puppy and they take it to a puppy trainer to, 
you know, learn how to, you know, go outside or it's, it's, you're talking, it's a, it's a, it's a big difference from that. Right. Well, what well, she, I think well, what she's no. saying is. It's not what we're going to be doing is we're going to initially we'll be training the veterans how to become puppy trainers. And then they will be holding puppy classes, those eight week classes for what I call stage one, stage two, stage three. Um, and they'll be uh, part of those puppy classes is, is that um, uh, explaining to the families, you know, how to house train their dogs. And, and just like if you went to any other um, puppy training class out in your community, it would be a, but it would be held at Camp for Heroes, run okay. by our warriors. And then, and then what's the phase two and phase three part of it? Phase two would that they would be, you know, um, warriors are going on in the program. Phase two would be learning how to train adult dogs for mm -hmm. career in adult dogs. And phase three would be learning to train service dogs. As we hear, we do here um, at our other campus in um, Escondido, we, we are training our veterans to become uh, service dog trainers so that they work directly with their they're comrades, and it's just, um, they're like-minded. Uh, they can speak a lingo I can't speak, and it's just a win. It's just a winning situation for, for both of them and for our community. We have a community built here. Right. So very simply, is this, it's like when a warrior comes in, uh, we can bring the community in, and he can obedience train the community's dog. That's getting his feet wet on how to train dogs in the beginning. That's, that's phase one. And correct me if I'm wrong, Gina, because you're the dog expert, uh -huh. but that's phase yeah, no, no. one. Phase two is when he goes to the adult dogs and he starts obedience training them and getting a little more into how to train the, the adult dog. And then when, if he wants mm -hmm. to go a step further, he feels comfortable at it. He can go into service dog training at the very least this, this warrior himself, if he decides, well, you know what? I'm not really comfortable in service training dogs, but I really loved obedience training uh, local dogs. It still gives him a purpose. It gives the warrior a purpose. He can go obedience train dogs in the community, or he can go a step further into step three and start training service dogs for other warriors, which is, uh, like Gina said, it's a win-win proposition any way they go. So not only is it a, a chance for them to follow their, some, their passion, which is their interest in animals, but it also gives a chance to create employment in the dog training industry. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's an amazing that's an amazing opportunity. And then they have their own experience with their own dogs to uh, to fall back on and and use it as modeling. Is that yeah correct? That is that is absolutely correct. And and they may not you know they may decide that well maybe the training training obedience is not for them, but they, but they still have that um, that tool and that experience and that knowledge to maybe use later in life, you know, or just use on their, their, their family dogs. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, you know, they're still walking away with something. So, so how do people support you in your efforts? Like your two nonprofits, um, you know, your the, how do people reach out to you and support you? Well, what do you want well they can go with? online. Yeah, yeah, they can go online either. Yeah either to Next Step Service Dogs or they can go to Camp for Heroes and they can, they can make a donation online. We do have, um, you know, we'll, we'll be having um, like fundraisers through the year where we'll get together and have 
galas and things like that where we offer things for sale or don't you know just have a uh you know a really big time with bands and stuff where people come to support and we also have benefactors that really like service animals they like dogs and they like the whole concept they say well i really like this i want to make a contribution to um camp for heroes uh service dog program and then that will jointly go to our academy and uh, you know when they earmark money for dog training or whatever if you're familiar with nonprofits, when they earmark that money, that's what you have to use it for, and and that's what and that's what we will use it for. So, so for people who are interested, the best way to reach out to either uh, let's type uh, Camp for Heroes first. The best way to reach out to Camp for Heroes and learn about these opportunities is is how they can go to campforheroes.org. Uh, we're just starting this in, so we're building both our websites, joining it together. But the knowledge of knowing that that's, this is our program, um, or they can go to Next Step Service Dogs and see about you know what we're doing with the academy. Um, and uh, they can learn all about what Camp for Heroes is about by going to our website. It's Camp, the number four, not F-O-R, but just the number four, Camp for Heroes, Heroes with an E. Dot org. And then on the West Coast is Next Step Service Dogs. How do, how do people uh, contact your organizations? Um, again, also they can go to nextstepservicedogs.org mm-hmm. and they can um, go to, uh, right to the uh, donate button. That'll give them um, an opportunity to donate directly, different uh, ways to donate, uh, different uh, support that they can give. And they can also contact me directly. My name and my email address is on the website, and I'd be happy to speak with anyone about anything they may um, be interested in. I've had some corporate sponsorships. We can we have opportunity to name a, name a puppy, uh, put their specific logo on a dog's vest, so we can discuss those those um, possibilities also. And and it seems to me like there's a lot of opportunity for getting involved, not just with your money, but with your time and supporting the veterans and supporting the dogs and the people who are involved. Or for people who want to help our heroes, our warriors, um, it's an opportunity to get involved. Um, it's an opportunity to get involved with people who've really made a difference for our country. And uh, we're very, very proud of what you're doing. So um, I I really want to thank both of you for coming on the show, and we hope to have you back again. This is Minda Wilson for Urgent Care. You go to the doctor and get a diagnosis you didn't expect and you don't understand. If you're like so many of us, your first move is to search the internet for information on your condition. Wouldn't it be great if you could get real information? That's where Medivisor comes in, a completely free website that delivers the most up-to-date information from doctors, hospitals, researchers, and clinical trials worldwide. Medivisor is free, private, and personalized information about your specific medical condition. It's literally as simple as going to medivizor.com and signing up for free. Medivisor is free, easy to use, and saves you hours searching for information you can't find on your own. 
MedAvisor is a private, personalized, and HIPAA-compliant resource. MedAvisor, improving the lives of people with serious or chronic medical conditions and those who care for them. Your personalized medical information is a simple click away at medavisor.com. M-E-D-I-V-I-Z-O-R.com. The first step towards helping someone with a hearing loss is to help them overcome denial. An important step is to stop enabling the hard of hearing person. This means stopping their ears for them, repeating what others are saying or what is spoken on television more loudly for them. The longer someone with hearing loss is able to depend on another person for communication, the longer it can take them to come out of denial and seek medical help. Seniors in particular tend to passively accept their hearing loss as a natural part of aging. Be supportive and offer to help them find simple, affordable, and yes, even cool solutions and lots of great information from ClearSounds. Visit www.clearsounds.com to learn more. Use coupon code RADIO at checkout and we'll take 20% off your order. And every order is only $3.95 to ship. That's clearsounds.com. C-L-E-A-R-S-O-U-N-D-S dot com. 